and welcome to episode 108 of the Conversations with Ross podcast. I'm Ross Carey. Thanks for listening. Built to be joined right now by Jen Lyon. Jen is an actress who is currently starring opposite George Lopez in St. George. You can watch St. George Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on FX. Jen, thanks so much for taking the time to join the podcast today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well, Jen, let's start at the beginning. Tell me what initially attracted you to acting in the first place. Well, my daddy is a Methodist preacher. Um, so I grew up in lots of little small towns and, uh, in the Methodist, uh, denomination, you get moved every, uh, two to four years, depending on what, what the congregations need, what the parishes need. And so I guess always being the new girl and, uh, getting moved around. So, uh, you kind of get to reinvent yourself every two years, you know? So, uh, I guess that kind of makes you a little actress. Um, and also being in church plays. Um, I never got to be Mary though, because my dad didn't want to be accused of favoritism. So <laughs> I always either had to be a shepherd or I had to be that really loud angel that's like, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy for unto you a savior is born and he will be Christ the Lord. Um, so I think that's probably where it all started. So you're growing up in the small town south, and you want to be an actress, but how does acting even seem like a possibility at that point? You know, you have to, there's not much to do, so, you know, your imagination is what keeps you going. Uh, so, and I read a lot. I, I've always been uh, a bookworm, and I've always loved the library. It's always my favorite building in any town, and um, so I, I was always... Uh, reading and hanging out in the library and, you know, escaping into a book or a story. And so that's what made escape seem possible. And that's what, uh, and I was always greedy, you know, for more than one life. And so that did make acting seem possible. And that made, uh, it made it seem possible to get out of a small town. Not that rural life isn't wonderful and, and has like uh you know great things going for it but it made uh it made big city life seem possible it made other worlds seem possible you know acting seemed like the ticket to do that where was the first place you moved to to sort of pursue acting full-time did you move to new york or la after school yeah yeah new york uh, i went to uh the university when i was the university of the north carolina school of the arts uh, when i went there it was just a college but now it's um totally bona fide and um and they took you to New York. Uh, back then, they didn't even take you uh, to L.A. Um, but now uh, they take you to New York and L.A. But uh, when I went there in the dark ages, they took you to New York and they did what was called consortium, where you auditioned for a bunch of agents. You did like a scene and a song and, and you auditioned for agents and stuff. And then you got a piece of paper saying what agents, if any, or casting directors wanted to see you. And uh, and then you would go on little go-sees and go to their offices and um, talk to them. And uh, yeah, and I moved. We graduated on like June the 3rd or something, and I moved to New York two days later. Was that a culture shock? Oh, my God. <laughs> I wept just openly in the streets and on the subway. I just... I cried for for like weeks. I just didn't know what to do with myself. I never thought I would understand the streets. I mean, it's on a grid. It's so easy. I just, but I would, uh, I got lost constantly, but I worked in an ice cream shop. You know, I mean, I just like, uh, I figured it out. But my poor agents, I would like, I would call them 
from like a freight elevator, uh, like you know, I have a good <laughs> service, and I would call them, and all they would hear was like, "I'm an well, you know." Or I'd call them, and I'd be like, "I see water, and I know I'm I'm gonna be late, but I see water, and I'm near I'm near a very tall building," <laughs> and they'd be like, well, "We just don't know how to help you." So yeah, it was definitely took took me a while to get used to it. What were some of the early obstacles when you're first there in New York that first year or two? What were some of the early obstacles that you encountered that you didn't necessarily anticipate? Well, I didn't know how to like not give all my money away to strangers. Like I had no sort of system to deal with like the sort of uh, endless suffering that you encounter, you know, because like, when you grow up in small towns, you might know like two homeless people, but you know them by name. You know, you're like, hey, no legs, Larry. You know what I mean? Like, you're just, you know everybody, it's fine. But when I moved to New York, you know, you're crushed up against all kinds of humanity. And I just literally, like, gave tons of money away. Like, everybody that had their hands out, I felt like I had to put something in it. So that was really difficult. And I took on that kind of suffering. I would just come home every day and be very upset with the amount of poverty and sadness that I saw all around me. Now I'm just a hardened asshole, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, can't help you. Give it a year. That's what New York does to you. Exactly. You know, now I'm just, a, I'm such an asshole. Um, I also thought that you had to get ready at home for your auditions. Like, I thought you had to get really good looking at home. And then by the time I would get on the subway and hoof it to wherever I had to go, I would look like a little dirty shitty piece of seaweed and now i know all the tricks where like you kind of get ready at home but like you take your high heels in your bag with you you change when you get there you do your hair and your makeup in the bathroom you know what i mean so but i used to like get put on my dress put on my heels everything at home then i would walk 10 blocks get on the subway so by the time i got there i looked terrible I was sweaty I had like pit stains, my hair had fallen, <laughs> you know, I just looked, I was just a mess, but now I know all the tricks of the trade. Well, Jen, let's talk about St. George for a little bit. Tell me about the show and how this part came to be for you. Uh, first of all, I think it is such a special show. I think you've never seen a family like this on TV before. You haven't, literally, you never have. George Lopez plays um, a Mexican-American entrepreneur. Um, who has, you've, first of all, you've never seen like a successful, rich Mexican-American businessman on TV unless he like runs a cartel. And um, and so he plays this, he created the world's sixth most popular energy drink, La Mejia, and, uh And he married uh, a wonderful white lady named Mackenzie, who just happens to be played by me. And they have uh, a kid together named Harper, and uh, they recently got divorced. It's a new divorce. And their kid, Harper, just happens to be, like, really white. He doesn't speak Spanish. He has a lot of food allergies. He has to wear a helmet when he plays sport. And um, and George has to really, he has a hard time balancing his more Mexican side of the family, which has, like, Danny Trejo and David Zayas and Olga Mareres in it, and, uh, and his more white Beverly Hills side of his life, his country club life. Um, balancing those together, and there's a lot of hijinks and tomfoolery involved, and uh, it's just uh, it's just special. It's so funny. Uh, the the executive producers Matt Williams and David McFadden um, did Roseanne and Home Improvement, so they are fucking like legends of multicam 
uh, situation comedies. So they really know how to bring like the heart of family in to, um, you know, uh, be sort of like a, cause you know, like the multi-cam sitcom, I think can feel like a dinosaur, you know, cause like now we have shows like Modern Family and The Office, which had this sort of documentary feel that we've become used to. And so that old format uh, can feel kind of stayed, you know, and like the laugh track, we can kind of feel like it's a, a throwback in a way. But I think that this, because it's a family you've never seen before, has like a, a freshness to it that um, I think is, is new and exciting. And is St. George using a laugh track? It does use a laugh track, which I kind of find jarring. But in the same way, it has like a nostalgia to it. Because like, you know, we grew up on the Cosby show. We grew up on... I grew up on Roseanne, you know, and those use laugh tracks. So, like, it, it's weird because it's, it's jarring for our generation, but at the same time, it's nostalgic. It's weird. It's a weird little uh, mix in there. Tell me how many auditions it took for you to land the part. Well, I put myself on tape for it. I was doing uh, His Girl Friday uh, in California, the play version that John Guare just premiered. So I, put my, I made a tape for it, and then uh, George saw it, and then he flew to New York, and we met in, like, a little cafe, and then I tested for it. So I guess maybe three, three auditions. You tested with George? Is that a nerve-wracking audition? I imagine at that point you feel like you're close. Oh, my God. I was so nervous, yeah, and I, and I was close, yeah. And I got a spray tan because I'm normally very pale, and I got a spray tan, and I walked into his office because he, like, wanted to see me before we tested. Yeah, that, you know, because we had met in New York or whatever. And I walked in, and the first thing he says to me, he said, oh, my God, did you get a spray tan? And I was like, yeah, George, what do you think? He said, he said, it looks like you rolled around in Cheeto dust. And I was like, don't say that. Don't say that. I'm getting ready to go in front of everybody. And he was like, I mean, uh, it looks good. And I was like, oh, Christ. You know, so, like, he just busted my balls, like, right before I had to go in front of, like, FX executives. So... You know, but like we have a, he's so, yeah, it's just like him. Like he'll just, he'll bust, he'll hurt your feelings like right before you have to go do like the biggest thing in your life. But yeah, he's fucking wonderful. I love that guy. Yeah. Tell me about working with him. How does he approach his scene work? He's delightful. Like you go in, it's pretty fast and furious um, because you shoot one episode in two days. So you go in and you have like barely any kind of rehearsal time. You kind of like rehearse on set. And, um, but he's delightful. Like you rehearse it together. And then like, once you block it in front of the camera, like you kind of hit the ground running, like they'll even tape on rehearsal, but he's like big into improv also. So like you'll rehearse it and then he'll come over and he'll be like, you know, I'm going to say something different on here. Or do you like, let's, would you, would you rather say this? Or you'll, he'll be like, I think it'll be funnier if I say it like this, or, you know, do you have something better for this? Like you'll, uh, you'll think on your feet together. And, uh, and like a lot of funnier stuff happens that way, you know, cause he's a, he's a brilliant comedian. He's a brilliant writer. So, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's so funny working with him. It's hard to keep a straight face. Jen, I want to shift focus to your sketch group, which has gotten a lot of attention online. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. You can correct me. Poikipak. Okay. So close. So close. You're just like a little Brit. It's Poikpak. Poikpak. <laughs> Poikpak. Tell me about Poikpak and, and, and how this all came to be. Poikpak is um, a group of funny people. You know, it's funny because, like, most of the – there's three people in it that uh, went to school of the arts also, but they were in the film department. I was in the theater department, and I never knew them until we all moved to New York City, and um, we 
Johnny Gillette, who's no longer in Point Tech, but he started it. And we met in their like Brooklyn, real shitty basement apartment. And they like wanted to make a uh, sketch comedy. And they originally wanted to do like live stuff. But then we started to make online videos. And we made this real popular video called Mario Game Over. And um, and it became like we kind of got in on, on the front edge of YouTube, like when YouTube was just a baby. That's how old we are. It's like seven years ago. And um, and we, we made a couple real, uh, like, viral videos. And, uh, and you know, we've, like, won a couple contests and uh, just had some, like, online successes. And now we have, like, over 80 million views. And, yeah, and we make – we're kind of uh, – wait, what's the word? We're web celebrities or celebrities. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> one, of those, one of those words. Well, and people can find these sketches at P-O-Y-K-P-A-C.com. And if also they search that Poikpak Poik <laughs> uh, on YouTube, P-O-Y-K-P-A-C, they can find that, all the sketches on YouTube. You did one that got a lot of attention with movie titles, people speaking in conversation to a waitress, all naming movie titles that was very well done. I, I've talked a lot about with some of the guests about how social media affects actors and acting these days. Do these things actually lead to more auditions or more jobs? I don't know. I mean, you know, it was interesting. Like when I first started out, like I've always just, I was a, a theater girl and I only recently started doing film and TV like, you know, two or three years ago. And so I was a theater girl and couldn't get arrested on film and TV. And so I just was creating my own work, like my own comedy work. And we were putting it online. So I don't know. Uh, and, and, you know, YouTube and Google contacted us and wanted to be partners. And so I tell you what it did do. I don't know if it led to more TV and film work. I, I don't know that it did necessarily, but I tell you what it did do is that it showed me what I looked like on camera, which I don't know if I would have known what I looked like on camera because I was always just doing stage work. But it gave me that experience so that when I did start to get film and TV work, I kind of knew what I what I looked like, I guess, or like how to use the angles of my face, I guess, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it got us a, a web series for IFC, which then they showed on TV. Um, we ended up getting a, you know, we, Pack got a notice online, and then Sci-Fi had a, a series called Viral Video Showdown, which we won, which was on TV. I do want to mix it up on you, Jen, and ask you about your worst audition experience. What comes to mind? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Okay, one time, oh, God, oh, this was terrible. I Okay, I went into this horror movie, and um, it was so bad. I had to pretend that I was, well, first of all, the director was such a weird bird. He was wearing a kilt, which I don't mind, but he, like, insisted on, like, squatting on the floor, and I could see straight up his kilt. And I could, like, there was, like, some business happening. He was wearing, like, boxer briefs, but, like, I, he had, like, one nut that kept, like, swinging free. So I could <laughs> see some business happening. And I couldn't concentrate on what he was telling me because I was just, like, I kept trying not to look at the business that was going on. Anyway, that's not even the worst of it. I had to pretend I was chained to a wall. And before I even went in, I could hear so much screaming happening in the room and I was like, oh man, I might have to pretend something crazy is happening to me. I'm going to be eaten or whatever. And the sides were that I was talking to my husband while he was being disemboweled. Okay. And I was having to tell him that everything was going to be okay. 
you know, that like it was like a it was like a hostage situation or something like these crazy radioactive people had us in a cave. Okay, so when I get in there, he was like, "You're being chained to a wall, and watching your husband being disemboweled." So I was like trying to convince my husband everything was going to be okay while he's being disemboweled, and I had to pretend I was being chained to a wall. And the director, whose business I can fucking see in underneath his count. and so I'm I'm pretending to be chained to this wall, and he kept saying like. Okay, you're scared. You're scared, right? But you're strong. But you're scared, but you're strong. So I'm like screaming my guts out to my husband who's being disemboweled. He's not there. I'm just pretending, just pretending. It's just a Tuesday, whatever. I'm pretending. So I'm like doing it and I get them doing it and he's like, okay, okay. But remember, you're strong. Okay? You're strong. So I like did it again. I tried to remember I was strong while screaming while imagining my husband being disemboweled, like while looking down <laughs> the director's kilt or whatever. And it just was like just a real humiliating experience. But to top it off, I what made it so much worse was that when I went in to sign in for it, I told the secretary the movie, the name of the movie was like abandoned or something like that. And when I went in to tell the lady like to sign in for it, I said, I said, Hi, uh, my name is Jennifer Lyne, and I'm here for Abandon. <laughs> I'm here for Abandon. Like, I started like I was such a smarty pants. Like, I forgot how to read for a minute. So, like, just to top it off, I was also, like, the stupidest asshole there. A lot of the actors who have come on have talked about quitting at different points, that it wasn't the life they expected. Is being a working actress what you expected it to be? No, 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 not at all. First of all, this is like this year, this year that I'm having is the first year, I'd say like from this last July, like to this coming up July, is the first year that I haven't also had to have a day job. Like last July, or like last June, I was also like making pizza in Central Park. Like I've always had like a blue collar day job as well. Like whether it was being a baker or working at an ice cream shop or, you know what I mean? Like I would have a theater job. And then I would be unemployed and then I would, you know, I collect unemployment for a minute and then I would have to like work in a grocery store. Like I've always also had a day job. Like it's never, uh, it just hasn't been easy. Like I've, I've had like writing jobs, but I've also had a day job, but I've also had, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fucking kick in the dick, dude. I'm not going to lie. I thought it would be hard, but I never thought. It would be this hard. <laughs> is there anything you would do differently if you could change anything about your career early on? Is there something you would do differently? I think I would have, you know, honestly, I think I would have learned to not like apologize for myself uh, early on. I think I was always trying to like be whatever people needed me to be, you know what I mean? Like I, uh, I was afraid to sort of take up space and be like the solution to the problem that I thought needed to happen. You know what I mean? Like you read a script and you think, what do they want? And you try to be that instead of going with your instincts and being what you think the script needs, you know? So I think I spent a whole lot of years trying to be what I thought they wanted instead of what I thought would be the best thing, you know? And they can smell that. Like when you walk into a room and you're sort of apologizing for yourself and working from a deficit, you know, it's it reeks of desperation and, and it's bad. And being a reader, you sort of learn that you can be like being on the other side of the table 
which I did a lot when I started out. Like you, you can see that and you see other actors doing it and you're like, oh man, if you just could have come in and taken up the space and not been afraid to do what you kind of knew you should have done, like you could have booked that shit. But instead you were so busy trying to be whatever you thought they wanted you kind of fucked it for yourself, you know? So that, that's what I wish I would have known, yeah. What advice would you give young actors who are just breaking in? Don't be an asshole. Uh, be really nice to people coming up. Yeah, don't be an asshole. My advice to young actors is don't be an asshole. Be nice to everybody in the room. Be nice to the lady that's signing you in. Be nice. Be, read the paper. I mean, I know there's not a paper, but, like, be concerned with the world at large. Be informed. Read the whole script and be funny. Like, if, if you have the choice between, like, being funny and being, like, concerned about your bangs, be funny. You've been listening to Jen Lyon. Jen is an actress who is currently starring opposite George Lopez in St. George. You can watch St. George Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on FX and give her a follow on Twitter at Miss Jen Lyon. Jen, thanks so much for taking the time to join the podcast today. Oh, gosh, thank you so much.